The Washington Commanders notched their fourth win of the NFL season with a 20-17 to victory over the New England Patriots. We're going to break it all down now live from Gillette Stadium here on Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this live episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Commanders and making this your first listen of the day or every day, especially on Victory Monday. Or if you're joining me live here on the YouTube stream from Gillette Stadium uh, as I get ready to wrap up my coverage of the Week 9 contest and get my butt back home uh, to Virginia. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're listening to podcasts and you can continue the conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Just join the Locked On Commanders Insider program. You'll get news, inside scoop, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone one-on-one with me via text messages. Uh, go beyond the game, go beyond the episodes here on uh, by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders to sign up, of course, I'm your host of this program, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday, especially Victory Mondays. Victory Mondays are always just a little bit better, right? Along with our everydayers, and of course, everydayers, I greatly appreciate your continued support for the program. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free. At LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL terms and conditions apply. Speaking of doing things faster, adrenaline always running uh, at an all time high following a game, but especially a win. So I'm going to try to bring it down just a notch and, and, and take my time here with you guys on today's episode. Of course, we got three topics of conversation that my insiders have given to me that we're going to talk about here at the end of the episode. And we're going to go over our keys to victory to see how the Washington Commanders did in securing those keys while they obviously uh, won the game. But first, we got to talk about how we got to 20 to 17 uh, over the New England Patriots for your Washington Commanders. And everything starts on offense, right? I mean, defense, uh, what, what do they say? Offense wins games, defense wins championships. Well, if you're going to win championships, you got to win the games first. So everything starts with the offense. So let's start there uh, as I pull up some more data for all of you guys here. But quarterback Sam Howell, uh, pretty decent game, uh, 325 yards total passing, completed 64% of his 45 pass attempts, sacked a few times, did have a touchdown throw, also had an interception, uh, finished overall with an 84 quarterback rating, led the offense to 432 yards uh, total on the day. Said that the interception at the end of the half, I think if you watched it on television, if you watched it here in the stadium with me, you, you probably agree, a, a very, very bad play, didn't see Patriot safety, uh, Kyle Duggar just Hanging out there at the spot. Uh, doesn't really know uh, where he was throwing that ball to, but Sam Howell admitted to us after the game that that was possibly the worst play uh, that he's ever made in football and certainly didn't come at an advantageous time as the Washington Commanders go into the halftime break. Trailing in the New England Patriots get the ball coming out of halftime. Running back Brian Robinson led the way on the ground. 18 carries. Finally, finally we see B-Rob getting a good amount of workload. Uh, only 63 yards on those 18 carries. Credit to New England Patriots uh, rushing defense there, clogging up Brian Robinson a good bit, but he did get uh, a touchdown as well. Remember, I told you guys on Friday that 
you know, the New England Patriots, two wins. You might come into this thinking, oh, they put their number one receiver on IR, so this is going to be an easy win. But in fact, this was going to definitely be a grinded out game, which is exactly what we ended up with. Uh, star receiver Terry McLaurin leads the way, seven targets, five catches, 73 yards. Now, Jahan Dotson actually led the way for the commanders in targets with eight total, but he didn't lead in catches because, again, we see some of these drops come in and, uh, we're getting to the point now with uh, with Jahan Dotson, his drops that we can't say that they're uncharacteristic drops are starting to become uh, characteristic drops of his game, unfortunately. So hopefully we can see the uh, the young budding star clean those up here moving forward. Uh, but he did have a big 33 yard touchdown catch. Uh, another media member in the press box kind of told me during the course of the game that it's amazing because a lot of these drops that Jahan has, you kind of consider those your easier passes. But then the difficult passes, uh, he really he, he goes out there and, and oftentimes makes those catches. So maybe it's just the degree of, of difficulty is not high enough on some of these passes uh, that Jahan Dotson is uh, dropping. So for the offensive side of things, uh, something I liked, the willingness to grind it out. Again, uh, something we talked about on Friday, that they were going to have to be able to grind it out. They're going to have to be able to take and, and sustain drives and not have to just live or die on the long ball. And they were able to do that, and they did it very effectively. Uh, near the end of the game, they did go for a long pass on a third down, trying to kill the clock, trying to just completely put the Patriots uh, out of their misery. I know some people didn't like that approach. I actually did kind of like that approach. You know, it's, it's one of those moments where to the eye of the beholder, some could say that you're outsmarting yourself and, and to some that you're saying it's smart strategy because the Patriots are expecting you to run it uh, or go for, you know, a short pass or maybe a screen. So you go deep and, and, you know, John and, or not John, Deami Brown and Sam Howell have a pretty good uh, connection. So you kind of like that move if you're me, but if you don't, you can certainly see why you wouldn't like that uh, either. What I didn't like from the offense today in week nine, self-inflicted wounds, right? You had the fumble from Brian Robinson Jr., which fortunately is uncharacteristic and not something you're used to seeing. Uh, that leads three plays later. The New England Patriots put that in the end zone with a pass from Mac Jones to Hunter Henry. You hate seeing that. Uh, of course, the interception at the end uh, of a really, really good drive. I think uh, Sam Howell, if I remember correctly, had 60-something-plus yards uh, throwing. He had another 24 yards rushing uh, on that drive just to end up in the hands of Kyle Duggar there in the end zone. So you don't like that. And then, of course, the drop passes, uh, you know, from time to time. Can't do that against Seattle. I think that's, you know, uh, taking a an early look. And, of course, we're not quite to Seattle yet, but taking an early, early look ahead, you can't do that against a team like Seattle uh, and come away with the win. Although Baltimore did handle that that team uh, pretty handily. So we'll have to get to uh, the tape and, and see what we can see there. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, Washington Commanders' defense did allow the Patriots' offense to rack up 327 total yards of offense, but they only gave them two explosive plays, and that's something that is uh, – that's actually uncharacteristic. This Commanders' defense is kind of known for giving up explosive plays, but again, it wasn't because the explosive plays weren't there. Mac Jones, by my count, missed about three or four explosive pass opportunities simply by being inaccurate, and then Jalen Rager – uh, did everybody a favor by dropping one, which or one not really dropping, one, just not catching one, uh, which, of course, you all remember him from his time with the Philadelphia Eagles. So good to see Jalen uh, doing what Jalen does again. Held New England a three of 12 on third down, 25 percent total uh, third down conversion rate. Mac Jones threw for 220 yards. But to put things in reference, he needed 44 pass attempts to do that. Sam Howell had one more pass attempt, but had more than 100 yards passing. Uh, advantage over Mac Jones, who they're good buddies, so I'm sure he doesn't appreciate seeing Mac Jones struggle, but he appreciates getting the win. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson had 87 yards rushing on nine carries, but when you take the 64-yarder away, which everybody would love to take that 64-yarder away, he's at 23 carries uh, or 23 yards on eight carries. That's solid work from a run defensive perspective. What I liked, no glaring edge vulnerabilities, and we'll talk about the edge group a little bit more here in just a second, but first game without Montez Sweat, 
first game without Chase Young, Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, K.J. Henry, Andre Jones Jr. getting in there. And the edge didn't look like it was just a leaking sieve or a, a hole in the, in the hole of the ship that just couldn't be plugged. So I think that's a positive for a one-game uh, sample size. What I didn't like, again, the missed explosives. The, the explosive opportunities were there, just like in the win over the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter missed them. Mac Jones missed them, but they were absolutely there. So you want to see those. Again, uh, you need to see Jack Del Rio's unit continue to work towards cleaning that up. Some insiders also brought up uh, the idea of the lack of sacks and pressures as a do not like, and I completely agree with that. Surely a concern uh, there. You always want to be getting pressure. You always want to be getting sacks. But I will say that like any trench group, this this is a unit that's got to rush as four or four after rush as one, right? That's that's the old saying here with the four down lineman front. Uh, so I'm not going to be too quick to judge. I'm not going to say after a one-game sample size, this just isn't working or this was a terrible decision and and all these things. But yes, it's it's absolutely not you know advantageous, not what you want to see uh, per se, but we are going to study it. We are going to review it. So that is coming up later this week. I'm just not going to condemn it uh, quite yet, as, if that makes sense. So that's what we saw from the offense, what we saw from the defense. Uh, again, the, the offense got off to a hot start, 10-0, uh, ended up taking a 10-0 lead, go down 14-10 uh, by the end of the half, but eventually uh, win the ball game 20-17 to uh, here in New England. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you, if Washington secured my three keys, because I tell you all, all the time every week that if they do, they will win the game. They won the game, but did they secure all three, all three keys? That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile so you can spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. It's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, and as always, for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view today and every day. And every day is, of course, as always, I greatly appreciate you for coming through like you do on a regular basis. Locked On is kicking up our coverage this football season with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Uh, Locked On is going live every 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel with your hosts, Tanitra, Jarvis, and Kyle, who break down every game on the NFL schedule to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fancy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, you get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who, of course, know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So now we've gotten to the rekeying portion of our program. I gave you three keys to a Washington Commanders victory before the game. I dropped that on Friday as I do every week, and I promise you every week that if the Washington Commanders satisfy or secure those three keys that they will, not could, but will win uh, a game. That is how bold and confident I am in my own abilities, whether it's deserved or not. Uh, key number one was use more 12 personnel. Uh, again, on Friday, we talked about that most of New England's blitzes come 
when they're facing 11 personnel offensive packages. The commander's offense, of course, loves to use 11 offensive packages or 11 personnel offensive packages. And uh, this, despite the fact that they were actually more successful uh, percentage-wise in 12 personnel on Sunday, uh, the Washington Commanders used 12 personnel about 15% of the time, 12 or 13 personnel. We saw some 13 personnel usage, which I was very happy with. Um, and about 50% of those plays were successful. So again, successful plays on first and 10, you want to gain at least 40% of the yards or on first down, you want to gain at least 40% of the yards to gain second down. You want to gain 60 third down. Obviously you need to gain uh, 100 or fourth down. You need to gain 100. So 50% of the 12 and 13 personnel plays that the Washington commanders ran on Sunday were successful. And uh, that 15% good number. I wasn't unhappy with the amount of 12 and 13% we saw, but 17% is the season usage rate. Uh, coming into this week, so a little bit lower than usual. So again, wanted to see them pick that up a little bit. They didn't pick it up, but they did do more than we saw in the first few weeks, which I suppose is still a win of some sort. So they didn't secure this key specifically, but were they still successful? Absolutely. They came away with the win. The offense didn't hum the entire game. Sure, there was there were just certainly some lulls, uh, but overall the team got the win, and that's the most important thing. But I think they were still successful despite the fact that they didn't secure this key because when they did use it, again, uh, they used it about seven, 15%, and of those times, 50% of the time they were successful on those plays. That's incredibly important. That's incredibly high success rate, uh, and that's what you want to see. Plus, Sam Howell's pre-snap reads, uh, I feel like, got a little bit better. Obviously, I got to go back through the film to, to really get a, a grip on it. But overall, I think Sam Howell's pre-snap reads uh, were definitely more effective than usual, which is why even when they're in 11, even when they're facing some of these Bill Belichick looks, Sam Howell was still able uh, to execute, whether it's throwing, getting the ball out of bounds, or getting out of there himself and, and getting uh, some yards on the ground. Key number two, over-communicate in zone and give help on Demario Douglas specifically when you are in man coverage. Saw a lot of single high man coverage looks, which of course uh, means that Jack Del Rio is scheming up help for his man coverage. On Friday, I pointed out to you Demario Douglas and Hunter Henry. They were number one and number two entering the week in deep ball catches for the New England Patriots. Those are Cassidy catches that come from passes that travel uh, 12 or more yards through the air at the point of catch. Uh, Douglas finished the game, seven targets, five catches, 55 yards. Henry finished the game, seven targets, four catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Zero explosive passes surrendered to New England's most explosive receivers. So clearly, the Washington Commanders defense absolutely uh, achieved this. And uh, again, got to go back through the film to tell you exactly how they achieved this or exactly why they achieved this. But I think bottom line is there weren't a lot of times uh, where you saw Demario Davis running free without a defender attached to his hip or attached over him or under him, and that's exactly what you need to do. A lot of the damage uh, that he did on tape that I watched ahead of this game, he was finding those soft spots in the zone like I was telling you about, and in a match zone coverage, and most defensive coordinators are going to tell you anyway, zone coverage eventually becomes man coverage because once a dude enters your zone, he's your man, and you cover him until he leaves your zone, and then you go back to your zone responsibilities. Uh, so on and so forth. Match zone. And again, I don't know the entire specifics of how Jack Del Rio does a match zone scheme because it's his scheme, not mine. And he's not going to give me that information. Uh, but typically a match zone scheme, uh, you you go a little bit further than that. So if a guy comes into your zone and there's nobody else coming into your zone that you can see, you carry him. Even if he goes out of your zone, that's the difference a little bit, uh, at least as far as my understanding is concerned for match zone coverage, as was explained to me by another defensive coach. So uh, clearly did a good job of keeping Demario Douglas uh, and Hunter, Hunter Henry under wraps. There was one play where it looked like Demario Davis or Demario Douglas was going to come up with an explosive catch. I think it was a 22-yard catch, uh, but fortunately, it was uh, 
it was it was ruled incomplete after a challenge Ron Rivera challenged that one successfully and got that call overturned and of course that was a moment where everybody kind of sat there and said okay well let's see if coach Rivera learned a little bit uh from last week and you know uh he was a benefactor a little bit uh James Smith Williams was a little hobbled on the play so the officials had to take an official timeout kind of stop the play on the field and that gave Ron Rivera and his staff more time to take a look at uh you know who was going to or whether or not they were going to challenge the play of course they end up deciding to challenge it and they get a successful challenge uh, so everybody was happy coming out of that experience key number three Plan for sustained drives. Don't live and die off of big plays. From Friday, I mentioned to you the Patriots defense uh, among the league's best in preventing explosive touchdowns, and they're very solid in the red zone. More suspect in goal-to-go scenarios. Uh, 12 possessions total for the Washington Commanders offense. 11 if you don't count the kneel down, which I'm not going to here. Uh, seven of the 11 drives that they actually drove the ball consisted of at least six plays. So that's two sets of offensive plays, right? First down to third down, first down to third down. Two sets, of course, it's not mirrored that exact pattern, but you get the idea of those seven on those seven drives where where they had plays, uh, at least six plays on the drive each. They scored all 20 of their points on those drives, 27 minutes and one second of their 37 minutes and 10 seconds of time of possession came on those seven drives. Uh, one of those drives, of course, didn't end in points because it was the interception. But you look at that and you figure should have at least ended in a field goal, right, or it could have ended and a touchdown. So you're basically looking at 23 to 27 points uh, of offense potentially produced by the Washington Commanders offense by taking the slow roll and taking what the defense allows, taking what the defense is going to give you. Don't try to force the deep ball, but set up that deep ball when it's uh, when it's available. Boom, 33-yard touchdown pass to Jahan Dotson. Of course, this pattern, like honestly, like this pattern of, you know, six plays or more and, and successful games and all that stuff, that's going to be true of most games. You know what I mean? That's that's pretty much going to be true of most games. There's not really a team in the NFL that comes out and says our game plan is to score every touchdown in five plays or less. That's not a successful or sustainable model. But going up against a team like the New England Patriots, more so than others because of their tendency to not give up explosive scores, it was even more important. And the Washington Commanders certainly uh, fell in line with that model. 7.4 yards per attempt, uh, pass attempt tonight by Sam Howell, ranks fourth this season. So not the lowest, but definitely uh, not the highest. Uh, could not come out here trying to hit haymakers every play like they were against the Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles, and Chicago Bears, which were all higher pass yards uh, per attempt uh, averages for Sam Howell for various reasons, whether you're playing from behind or you just know you're going up against a juggernaut in the Philadelphia Eagles right now uh, this season. So four drives consisted of five plays or fewer, no points. Again, not a huge surprise there because none of the uh, none of the scoring drives were super quick. So two of the three keys secured. Obviously, the Washington Commanders still came out with a win. I think we can all agree. If you secure that first key, if you are successful 50% of the time and you run, I don't know, maybe 25%, 12, 13 personnel, that you probably win by a little bit more. But now we've got some topics of conversation that my insiders asked me to talk about. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are going to do that once I turn off this banner. Thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So, some post-commanders options for you. Cincinnati Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites to beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football, kicking off here in about two hours. The Los Angeles Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites to beat the New York Jets in New Jersey on Monday night football. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, 
including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your NFL season going if you haven't already with a little bit of win in FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, y'all, Commanders fans, final segment here on this live Victory Monday episode of Locked On Commanders. And after this, I get to drive eight and a half hours home to Virginia. So if there's nothing else in the world that that tells you how much I I love all of y'all for coming through here, it's the fact that I'm doing this uh, and I'm doing it right, not doing it hurried. We're not doing a 15-minute quick episode so I can get up and get out of here. No, we're doing a full thing. You're getting the full full effort uh, from me because I'm only here because of you. And so it's only right. You earned and deserve my full effort. So that's what you're going to get. So we're going to get three topics here to wrap up the, this conversation. Shout out to all the insiders. Threw me a lot of topics. Uh, obviously, it's three topics, so I can't do 15 of them. But got a lot of great topics from my insiders. Of course, if you want to contribute to the topic development for these episodes, become an insider. Join subtext.com slash locked on commanders and uh, get in on that fun. Um, it's, it's always great texting Commanders fans, I was I was texting them as well on my drive uh, to to the New England area. Voice texting, not I'm safe when I drive. Uh, voice texting, and and they were uh, definitely sharing sharing some good stuff, some good family time going out there on a Saturday. So I greatly appreciated uh, all of that. First topic of conversation, and again, most of these are kind of repeats. So basically, I take it from the insiders, and the ones that get brought up the most are kind of the ones uh, that I pick from. Uh, first topic: Is this going to lead to a Seahawks win? Um, and one insider flat out said, is this game, does this game rather beat the Seahawks? Meaning Sam Howell, 325, one touchdown, one interception, Brian Robinson, 18 carries, 60 whatever yards, touchdown run, all the stuff. Like if we if we copy paste this game to the Seattle Seahawks next weekend, do the commanders get a win? To that end, no, absolutely not. I don't believe so. Um, again, I haven't watched the Seahawks yet as far as a studying aspect is concerned, so I could be wrong. And maybe you know, later in the week, I'll tell you that, yes, this kind of game could absolutely beat the Seahawks. But right now, I'm going to say no. That's a team that's near or at the top of the NFC West. They're a playoff contender. And if you want to be a playoff contender, you got to play cleaner football than the Washington Commanders did against the New England Patriots. Now, to that end, could this win be a catalyst to beating the Seahawks next week? Yes, absolutely. Because, And that's the other way that some people ask this question. And the reason for that being... It's always easier to learn when you win, right? Like bottom line, and I don't care what business you're in. If you're in a production-based business, uh, and, and a lot of you out there probably are in a production-based business where you are gauged not on your intelligence, not on even your ability, but your production, right? You could be the greatest receiver in the NFC East, Terry McLaurin, but if you don't produce, nobody's going to care. Um, and So you could be the greatest, smartest employee in your building or at your wherever you work, but if you don't produce, nobody's going to care, right? Um, but if you have a good day at work, even if there's some hiccups along the way, even if there's some bumps, maybe you woke up late, maybe the coffee was cold, maybe the donuts were stale, uh, whatever it was, if you, if you have coffee and donuts at your job, maybe you're a police officer. Um, it's always better to have a successful day at work and be able to learn from that. Um, David Stevens saying, no offense, that's not saying much. I'm not sure which part you're talking about. I don't take offense to anything. But um, the Washington Commanders, they're going to come into this, right? And the thing that I like about this is not only is learning after winning a whole lot easier, but winning through adversity can be a catalyst to getting better, right? Because when you go through these struggles, when you lose a football 
deep in your own end and you give up a touchdown three plays later. When you turn over, uh, when you throw an interception and create a turnover on your own uh, going into the end zone and you end up in the halftime locker room without the lead because of that or without a tie at least because of that, you can tie it, but uh, without the lead because of that. But then you find a way to gut it out. You find a way to dig down deep and as a team, right? Because again, the commander's defense had to come out, keep the Patriots from doing anything, keep the Patriots from building momentum. And then the offense had to come out and do enough to put points on the board. When you're able to do that kind of thing, that kind of brings you together, right? That has the ability to bring you together um, as well. Now, again, there's a limit to that. If you just struggle every single week, and this team has had some struggles every single week, that just kind of becomes your identity, right? You become a team that just kind of struggles. So that's that's the challenge going forward for the coaches and the leaders, guys like Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin, uh, you know, Kendall Fuller on the defense. That's going to be a challenge for them is not making this who they are, but making this something they're going through to become who they are, if that makes any sense. Um, so, yes, this absolutely could lead to a victory against the Seattle Seahawks. Will it? I don't know. We'll have to tell you that more when we get back to practice Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, I won't be at practice Friday, but Wednesday and Thursday, uh, I'll learn enough to be able to tell you if I believe that this will lead to a, a win over the Seattle Seahawks. Second topic of conversation, we got to talk about center Tyler Larson. Uh, a lot of comments about him, a lot of questions about him. Uh, and this is two games now where Tyler Larson has been the starting center since we replaced Nick Gates. Uh, once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is a pattern. I'm paraphrasing a great quote out there about war. Uh, and basically what I'm saying is one performance with Tyler Larson as a starting center where it's obviously improved offensive line play, that's happenstance, right? Okay, it could be something, it might be nothing. Twice is coincidence. All right, now I'm starting to believe a little bit more that it could be something. Three times is a pattern. So if this offensive line can go against the Seattle Seahawks and still continue to look much, much more improved, and the fact that this team just faced the, the New England Patriots defense, which was 30th in the NFL in sack percentage, doesn't hold any water for me because, or doesn't impact what I'm saying, because we saw this team with Nick Gates as the starting center, and I'm a big fan of Nick, uh, but the truth is what the truth is. We saw this offensive line with Nick Gates as the starting center give up sacks, in, in, in loads to teams that were 32nd in the league coming into these games. So the fact that the Patriots are 30th in the league doesn't, doesn't detract from the fact that this team did not give up a whole lot of immediate sacks. I think he, Sam Hell got sacked, what, three times? I don't have my stats in front of me. Sacked three times. I would say one of those sacks was just, boom, right off the bat. I mean, Charles Leno Jr. just got beat off the line and blown by. Uh, the other two, I think probably looking at coverage sacks, uh, which, you know, that's where you kind of say the defense gets paid. Uh, to to play as well. So we got it twice. Let's see it one third time. If it happens a third time in Seattle Seahawks, I will be able to sit here and say this is the move uh, that, that that obviously the team is going to stick with. I think they're going to stick with it anyway. But I will tell you 1,000%, yes, that they should stick with it. What took so long to replace Nick Gates? I think that's a couple of things. One, uh, and I think first and foremost is about giving a guy a fair shake. You know what I mean? Uh, th this is a, a job. Being the center, it's mental and physical. And not only is it mental and physical for yourself, but it's mental and physical for everybody else because you've got to mentally prepare for everybody else's job as well. you got to tell them where to go, who's coming, who's coming where. All those things, communicate with your quarterback, communicate with your line mates, all that stuff, and you physically have to do it. And look, Nick Gates, if you ever stood next to him, he's a little bit smaller than your average center. I'm not saying that's why he struggled, but I, it certainly can't be you know, uh, a super big help to him to, to have that, that size uh, disparity, right? So you want to give the guy a fair shake. You want to give him some time. Uh, to to kind of prove himself. Did they give him too much time? I mean, you can make that argument, absolutely. Uh, you know, but that's going to be up to the people making those decisions. Uh, to be quite honest with you, not wanting to be wrong, I think honestly that's part of it too. Like you picked this guy. If you're this staff, you signed him. You brought him in to be a center. He was a guard. 
You know what I mean? You brought him in to be your center from a division rival. You want to be right. Uh, so I think that's that's important to acknowledge. Is that's certainly part of this conversation? Uh, I do believe. Third topic: NFL officiating. Um, yeah, terrible. Uh, I mean, just terrible. Bad calls uh, all over the field. Bad call taking KJ Henry's first career sack from him. Uh, I hope those officials feel terrible about doing that to that young man because that is horrible to do that. That was a beautiful sack. It was a great get off. It was a great blow by move. I mean, it, you you almost couldn't have scripted it any better for KJ Henry. Um, and they took it from him. For, for no reason. Um, missed offensive pass interference on the very next play. Emmanuel Forbes was in position, position to intercept a pass, uh, and the Giants receiver in, incredibly just in, interfered with him and prevented him from getting the interception. And eventually, the New England Patriots get a go, or not go ahead, but a lead extending field goal that made it a seven-point game. Uh, several missed holds, holds on the line, holds in the secondary against Patriots defenders, uh, specifically holding Logan Thomas. Like They were all over Logan Thomas all day, Terry McLaurin. Uh, but honestly, they were bad on the other side too. There was a really blatant face mask call uh, that that the uh, that the officials missed. I mean, right in front of the official, missed it. You know, I think it was Ron J. Stevenson, one of the commanders' defenders, grabbed his face mask, just completely blew by it, just completely missed it. Yeah, officiating is terrible. You know, look, I don't I don't know that it's ever going to get any better. You know, uh, we've asked Ron Rivera. One of my insiders asked me to ask Ron Rivera about sending letters and stuff like that to the to the league office. And yes, they can do that. Yes, they do they do that. But I've heard other coaches talk about doing that as well. I don't know that it's ever going to get any better. And it's amazing to me that in a league where week in, week out from players, coaches, media, we hear what? Accountability, right? That's a word that is used in the NFL sphere so much that the league office and their officials are the least accountable people in the entire system. Like that just that just continues uh, to blow my mind. So um yeah, overall, a win. You know what I mean? Certainly some things that can be cleaned up from the offense, from Sam Howell, from the line, uh, from a receiver standpoint, some drops, things like that. Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be mad about uh, the fumble himself. Defensive side of things, certainly some growth still needs to be done there. But at the end of the day, uh, we're leaving Gillette. I wanted to make sure I got the lighthouse here in the in the frame. I don't know if you can see it enough. It's super cool. Uh, this stadium is is super cool. Uh, real, uh, you know, Josh Harris was here, saw him in the tunnel, got to say hi, just, you know, in passing. Hey, Josh. Um so hopefully he was taking some notes because this place is built uh, very, very nicely. It's still it's an older stadium, but it still has very good bones and they're doing some good things here. So I appreciate you guys for coming through to this live episode. If you're not watching live, still appreciate you for coming through on Locked On Commanders. If you got questions or comments for future episodes, throw them in the comment section. Hit me on Twitter or text them directly to me by becoming a Lock Insider. Join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day, every day, every day. Thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 